Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me at Hallway, Jay Gold. What's up, Jay Hawk? How are you, man? I am tired. We are recording late, uh, later in the week than normal, and later in the day than normal, and I got to work in the morning. Cause it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be punch drunk by the time the show is over. Looking forward to it. And also joining us, it's Marky. Hey, everyone. And happy birthday, Marky. Your birthday coming up this week. We won't say what day. Can't give any talker, but I mean, probably. <laughs> I just assume at this point, you know. I don't have. Yes, any- thank you. You're you're welcome. I don't have any talker. I begged. <laughs> thank thank you, Jay Gold, for getting the joke. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right, go. We got a lot. We got a lot to cover, and not a lot of time to do it. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, let's start off with what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? All right, Wednesday, February sixteenth at seven p.m. Eastern. It is the Mac Drexler season two, episode four. Followed on Wednesday, February sixteenth at ten p.m. Eastern. Paradigm Pro UWFI Contender Series Season 4 Episode 7 The Season Finale and a lot of live wrestling coming up this weekend as well here Thursday 8pm February 17th Wrestling Open Episode 7 Friday February 18th 8pm Eastern Sean Henderson present Weekend at Sean's Night 1 Two Cold Scorpio against Drew Blood in the main event of that show Alec Colon against Marcus Mather Billy Stark and Kobe Corrito Lock other great matches on that one oh, That's a good one that same evening at 8 p.m. Central Time, Friday, February 18th, Freelance Wrestling Precant, Too Weird to Live and Too Rare to Die, the Freelance Legacy Championship on the line, Robert Anthony against Dan the Dad in the main event, Brian Keith against Craig Mitchell already announced for that one. Saturday, February 19th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Sean Henderson Precant, Weekend at Sean's Night 2, Too Cold Scorpio against Marcus Mather, Matthew Jetnick against Jimmy Lloyd, among others on that card. That look could be a really good one, too. A lot of freaking wrestling this weekend. Saturday, February 19th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Black Label Pro present Black Label Pro Professional Wrestling Mikey version. And on that card, the Midwest Championship, Tom Waller defending against Matt Mikowski. And the Tag Team Champion, Violent in Forever, defending against the Bang Bro. That's a good one. I, I, I would not miss that, that one on Saturday. If you have nothing to do, throw on... Uh IWTV and watch that. Uh, that's going to be a really, really good card. I'm excited for uh, BLP to come back, so that's great. Yeah, there's not a bad match on this card. There look like 10 matches announced, and like eight of them I'm legitimately interested in. Yeah, it's a top to bottom awesome card. I don't know how Mikey did it, but it looks great. Sunday, February 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we get the premiere of H2O Underrated Episode 12. Sunday, February 20th at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 o'clock Eastern. Prestige Wrestling present Grogland 2. Davy Richard against Malachi Black. Dalton Castle against Alex Shelley, among others, on that card. Warhorse against Funny Bone. That should be fun. Sunday, February 20th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Deathmatch Down Under present Taking Back Sunday. This one airing live as well. The Australian Deathmatch Championship Open Challenge. Callan Butcher against a un, un, yet-to-be-named opponent being an open challenge, among other matches on that one as well. And then Monday, February 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, New Wave Pro against the Strongest Yard. 
That was on IWTV this week, and if that week, if this week alone is not worth your $9.99 a month, I don't know what's going to be, but there's a lot of great wrestling on. That's very circa 2019 when IWTV was, uh, was really starting to get some momentum, so it's good to see a lot of companies running again. I like to see that a lot. And, of course, during that, we mentioned the Mac Druckler Epicode uh, 4. Did you guys happen to catch Epicode 3 this week? Yes, I did. Ralph the Robot's the best. Oh, oh, Marcy. Oh, <laughs> I, I had, I, yes, I did, and I had lots of trouble with this episode. Yeah, I, I, I kind of lean more toward Jay Gold on this one. I, I didn't necessarily mind the Ralph gimmick. It was entertaining for what it was. But this match was way too long. They used way too much, way too much of the KGI to get that over this week. Uh, Those I, robot I, sound effects were dope, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what? The sound effects were cool, but after like, you know, after like the first like six minutes, I, I was like, okay, that's enough. Like wrestle now. You can keep a gimmick up for a little while, um, but you know, we know there's somebody under the hood, and we're supposed to guess. But we're going to go with this indestructible robot gimmick uh, for a while. And, and with the lights out of his eyes and everything else, I, I wasn't digging it. I, I liked it uh, a little bit better when they just kind of flashed the CGI like in the last couple episodes. Um, so, you know, and also doing matches. I, I'm not a huge fan of doing it, it, uh, weapons type matches with no fans because it's, it's kind of meaningless. And these guys are, are just beating the hell out of their bodies. But um yeah, yeah. This one, this episode didn't get me at all. Where, where, where they lost me after this match was like almost thirteen minutes, and we're like eleven minutes in the match, and Wallflower threw water to short circuit the robot, and somehow like all the lights turned red, and you hear the sound effect, and you see the light coming out of the robot, like, like come on. Yeah, I, I had lots of trouble with that, Morris. I don't know if you if if you were digging on just the uh, sci-fi aspect of it, but it, it just it kind of it kind of bugged me. Here's the thing with me. If something's like really dumb, I'm probably gonna love it. <laughs> Although I have to say, maybe I missed it. He's he was he's powered by Lucha, but I don't think he did any Lucha moves. None. Zero. We'll go with zero Lucha moves. Because see, if he did the Lucha moves, I, I'd say okay, that's how he's powered up. Even with the water, he had the the backup Lucha, but not even here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If it was a, if the gimmick was he was doing Lucha moves and like uh, he was a robot. That would all of a sudden you saw like topes and all sorts of crazy stuff, but it was like you know stiff, literal more robot movements with the hell with the the head made out of metal and blah blah blah. Like I'm just you know that that I don't I like the season before because yes they were wearing masks and there was a little gimmick attached to it, but they didn't lean into the gimmick as much as they're doing here. And I think when you lean into something as unrealistic as now we we know the show is called the mask robot i mean the mask wrestler because there's somebody under the hood so if you're going to all of a sudden now try to tell us okay now this person is a robot you're just gonna lose me so that's you know i I like um i like cole radrick and i i like what they do you know i like him as as a wrestler but you know i think he deserved better than that to have to go through that but you know teach his own there and real quick before we get into the wrestling spotlight, uh, we do have the, the news that came out earlier this week. Uncharted Territory is going to be based in the Southeast for the next Geek and Geek and Four. 
Oh, Aki Mac was scheduled to take on Willow Nightingale at the WWR Pluck event on Sunday, the Valentine's Day Massacre. Drew Cordero talked Aki Mac into defending the title, even though it was out of the Southeast, and Mac said he would only do it if the right to uh, the next king of Uncharted Territory were online as well. And that's what happened. Aki Mac retained the title and wins the right to Uncharted Territory Kingdom 4 for the Southeast. They've not announced the date for when that's going to start or anything like that, but. I, I I like the fact they found a reason to justify Uncharted Territory being in a different part of the country and not being and not really being a Beyond show. I, I like AC Mac. I'll follow him wherever I really do. I like AC Mac a lot. Agreed. I actually would hope that this just becomes a regular thing that maybe they change the location every uh, season. I don't know logistically if you can actually do that, but I'd be for it. How many how many episodes they do in a season for Uncharted Territory? Oh, let me ballpark that here for you. Give me one second. No, was let me ask you something. Was Uncharted Territory going before was going before the pandemic, right? So how many seasons did they have prior to the pandemic? They've done three total. I want to say two of them were pre-pandemic. Okay. Keegan 3 was 13 epicoke look like. It looked like it varied from Keegan to Keegan. They've done 44 epicoke total of, of Uncharted Territory. Keegan, Keegan 3 was 13 epicoke. I dig it. I like I like seeing a lot of it. So I, you know, the more content you could throw up on IWTV is is the better. All right. With that, let's go ahead and go into the week wrestler spotlight. Wrestler spotlight. Thank you, Home Office. Uh, this week we're gonna go with we're gonna come back to my neck of the woods over here at Creative Pro, and we're gonna go with one half of the uh, Creative Pro Tag Team Champions. The youthful uh, tag team champions, VBU, Dante Drago. Okay, Dante Drago, he's 22 years old. Dante Drago goes by the, the frat star. All right, he, he, uh, uh, him and I had a conversation this week. He's, he's very excited. You know, he's trying to get his name out there. And I think it'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Right now, he's currently in a feud. Uh, it's him and Jack Tomlinson. They're the tag team champions. And they're with uh, Eric James over there at Creative Pro, and they're currently in a feud with Broski and Myers and uh, Mark Sterling. Uh, the last show I was at, they were in a, in a, in a, you know, a six-man. Um, Dante Drago himself started training in January of 2018. He was 18 years old uh, at Creative Pro. Um, he was also, at the time, uh, attending Binghamton University and was, and was training at Excite Wrestling. So he was, uh, at the time, he was training in both locations, up in Buffalo and in Long Island. Um, started doing that frat star character and um, was a tag team with uh, Pat Sawyer, and they were called the Frat Stars. Uh, they had a series of matches with High Seas, uh, uh, Nick Ando and Cloudy. Um, and, you know, as they, as you could see the timeline, 2018, 2019, 2020, uh, COVID hit right before they really had a chance to, to um uh, challenge for the titles up there at, at Excite. Um, and then they got the chance in uh, 2020 of August 2020, um, and they held one of the first uh, live pro wrestling shows, um, Excite Wrestling did, um, and they won the tag titles there. Uh, that was the first of uh, two of the tag title wins, the second one being in a steel cage. Um, and they, um, right now, Pat Sawyer and, and, and Dante Drago are, are no longer teaming together. Um, and they will be wrestling each other at Excite. So that's kind of cool. Um, Dante Drago came back to Long Island, paired up with Jack Tomlinson, and became Vlog Bro University. That's VBU. Um, they've wrestled Shook Crew, Young, Dumb, and Broke, 
the golden era. They've been in, in the aforementioned beyond uncharted territory um, against BCB. Um, they, the last show I was at in December at Creative Pro Happy Holidays, they won the, the tag team championships in a triple threat um, and now are with uh, Eric James in a, in a three-man group called Larger Than Life. It's like a boy band uh, type of group. And they took on the uh, Major Brothers, as I said, at the last show, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think you're going to see a lot from these guys. Jack Thompson and him, they're very, they have a really good, fresh, young look to them. Um, you know, that, that almost like college type of energy to them. Uh, they're a really good tag team as far as wrestling goes. I was very impressed by the matches. And now I've seen him live three, seen them live three times at Creative Pro. Um, and I, I'm super excited. He, he's, you know, he's really responsive. We may even be able to get him on to, uh, to review a Creative Pro show sometime in the spring. Um, he did send me some matches to watch, so I'm going to take a look at those. And I, honestly, I, I really hope that that this show can target some of the youth that's out there in the independent world. And and for the three of us, you know, this name, Dante Drago, I think will be in our line of sight in the coming months as Creative Pro runs, as Beyond runs. So um, I, would, I would hope the two of you and myself, you know, we keep in mind who he is, his matches, um, and the tag team champions over at Cap. And I look forward to his future. Uh, so Dante Drago, everyone, let's, we'll, we'll keep our eyes out for him and, and, you know, for his future as we go along. Okay, and if you are an up-and-coming independent wrestler and would like to be on the wrestler spotlight segment, uh, you can tweet at IWTV Guide or Gold directly at Gold 12 and we'll be happy to see what we can do for you. Yeah, reach out. We'll talk about your background. You'll send me some of your, you know, your information, and and we'd love to spotlight you on this show, even even if it is for two minutes at a time. But I think it'll be great to get your name out there, and and people will remember uh, when they see you on those shows. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get into our main event of the evening. The weekly review. And this week's show, we're going back into the archive. Combat Zone Wrestling. When two worlds collide, March 11th, 2006, from the new Alhambra Sports and Entertainment Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Of course, the new Alhambra Sports and Entertainment Center, now the 2300 Arena. Previously, Viking Hall, the EKW Arena, about 18 other names at various points. Mark's had so many of them. Very historic building at the end of the day. Uh, Mark, you actually picked the show this week. Any particular reason why you wanted to jump on this one? Um, So one of my favorite like wrestling, like wrestling angles from growing up was the Ring of Honor CZW feud. And this was kind of CZW's best best show from their end during this feud because the rest were kind of a giant mess. And you could kind of even see it through some of this stuff. Because um, I, I want to just give a quick disclaimer. There is a lot of stuff on this show that has aged very poorly oh, yeah. in promos and commentary. Um, I just wanted to put that out there because like I said, I... I feel like I blocked a lot of this out when I was younger because it's definitely something I took notice of. I tried to like it was very common and like almost impossible to avoid no matter what like wrestling company it was like even like Ring of Honor, which was considered like the top tier like wrestling company, definitely had shit like this in their company too. So it was just everywhere and hard to avoid to my dismay. Yeah, it was it was the, that that beginning, Marcia, you and I you and I spoke and we talked about the beginning promos. Um when I looked at the runtime of this show was like three hours and 25 minutes and little did i know that the first literal 25 to 30 minutes of this broadcast were what they called czw extra 
where it was just a bunch of promos, and it was just, I just have here so much cursing. There were hard Fs, hard Rs, just beyond cursing, and I got it. Like, after I was like, all, all right, you guys are all mad at each other. I got it. Like, it, the, <laughs> as, as was the style at the time. Yeah, and I'm just like, I just have here, I have, oh, Marcy, like, how dare, <laughs> how dare you pick this show? I got to sit through three hours of, uh, uh, of, of this nonsense of pleather pants, kick pads, T-shirts, <laughs> and and cursing, and that's what the the first thirty minutes of this of this CZW extra was. Um, I will I will say that Kevin Steen promo was still a plus though. Oh yeah, yeah, I have that too. I have Eddie and Steen and Hero and uh, Claudio always uh, always put on. They always do the good stuff. Like their yeah. their promos. Yeah, they they're not there to to fill you know, seconds of the promo with cursing, they actually have a point when they do their promos. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even from like, a, even that long ago. Like yeah, they oh yeah. Out. Okay. So my very first note I have written down is how the fuck can Kevin Matt show not named Monday night raw lasting three and a half hours. <laughs> then we get you're, in- you're, hun- <laughs> you're hundred percent right. Then we get into the, then we get into the promo and I figure it out pretty quickly. My second note is literally blackout promo. Take a shot every time someone says motherfucker or come derivative of it. Like my god, there was that's so bad. There's just so much cursing, and and I honestly had to fast forward through a lot of it because it none of it got me to. I didn't want to watch the match more because they were cursing so much. I was just like, all right, can we get to the? Can you turn on the show already for me? Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, because the way they, have, if I remember correctly, these would show up on like CZW's website and then like YouTube. I guess they wanted to catch viewers up on everything, but just watching them all at once is a lot. Yeah, I think it would probably be better suited to have these. Like, maybe if there's multiple promos, don't use all of them, and maybe just use them before there's like specific matches. Yeah, I agree there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even even by the, even like Eddie Kingston, like I love Eddie. Eddie always put a great promo. He got three of them here. I love Eddie Kingston. I don't need to hear from him three fucking times about the same goddamn match. I just don't need it. True. There was there's overkill. Yep. It's like I said, it doesn't work from just being on like watching a show on a DVD. It makes sense that these are released like between the like the month between shows, but just watching them all at once is just a lot. Okay, so after almost thirty minutes of this, we finally after twenty five minutes of this, we finally get our first match. It's a kickman tag. Adam Flash, Kanjay Dutt, and B-Boy with Pandora against Micaiah, Kaki Eddie, and Spider Nate Webb. We're 25 minutes into the show before the intro can even start. Everybody gets their own goddamn entrance. It takes 10 minutes to get everybody get to the fucking ring. And a wow. microphone. And a microphone. <laughs> There's an extra entrance, too, because Lobo comes out. Yes! <laughs> Lobo Wait, comes- this is the Messiah without the thumb, right? This is the yes. one who Rob Black cut his thumb off or whoever that was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I was waiting for him. Like I, I kept looking at his hands, and then I saw at one point because they gave him a mic, of course, that he was missing part of that thumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Yeah, Lobo, go. Lobo comes out. He cut a promo. He reinstating B Boy, who lost a Luke Relief Town match Eddie Kingston like a month before this, and then he's on commentary going, "Well, why the fuck did I wrestle him? Like, if your continuity <laughs> is that bad that somebody on your roster is calling you out on it, something is fucking wrong." Oh, I did notice that. I did notice they were like, well, what was the point of the match? Like, during, 
<laughs> when he came out. Yep. And then Maven Bentley comes out to introduce Micaiah, and then Micaiah cuts a promo like, Jesus Christ, stop talking. We're 35 minutes in the fucking show. And and Lobo couldn't figure out how to use the mic. And then at certain points of the night, which we'll get to later too, the mics weren't on when these guys grabbed the mic to start talking. So they're futzing with the on-off buttons. It was a rough night for microphone usage tonight. <laughs> okay, now uh, I mean, even Eddie Kingston at this point is like pointing out how long this is going on. Right. <laughs> and on top of that, right at the beginning of the Ring of Honor KW feud, Look at the second show of Doubleheader. Ring of Honor had a four o'clock show. Look at like a nine o'clock show. So they're on an R. So they're on an ROH ring with an ROH campus that they spray painted Geeky W over. We're hardcore. Like it's the, the NWO or some crap. So and, and, and company fans went to both shows because they saw a three hour plus show already, and now they got to get through this. Wait, they saw. But from my understanding, they saw a three hour plus show. Then they had to leave the arena and then come wait back, outside yeah. to come back in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you could buy tickets to one show or the other. You could buy a ticket for just the Ring of Honor or just BBW, and a lot of people did. But a lot of people bought, right. bought tickets for both shows. So, the match finally gets going. Eric Argulio on commentary, clutch Shane Pandora, like two minutes into oh. the match. I mean, I mean, the worst fucking commentator ever. I got so much, so angry during, like, I will probably go through him. He says so much, like, a dog shit awful stuff. Yeah, it's very it's very raw sounding, and it's 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 like the you had that one friend when you were growing up who just talked all that shit for no reason, and you were just like, all right, you're just saying that to try to get a rise out of people, like, and it doesn't work. That's what the commentary was in the beginning. I thought it evened out as we went along a little bit better when they had when he had Maven Bentley on for a little bit when he had Eddie on. I thought it kind of. I thought there was some evenness to it, but it wasn't great. It wasn't it like the commentary really took away from a lot of the matches. Oh, one thousand percent. Uh huh. Go. Your main story with the one is Pandora trying to recruit Akaya to her team. Go. So they're kind of focusing on the other two and kind of leaving Makaya alone. Makaya eventually ends up blow blowing Adam Flash and go and go nut. So he's not joining them. Pretty much once that happens, this crowd is hot. They're ready for the match. And, of course, they go another five minutes. And they lose the crowd by the end of the five minutes. I would ask who the legal men were at the end of the match, but it doesn't matter. I don't think the referee knew. I don't think the crowd knew. And then Nate Webb, the guy, he's going to go for a coast-to-coast moonsault and misses. Oh, that poor boy. I felt so bad for him. And so what do you do? You go to the move again immediately without doing anything else to cut it up. Okay, look at 2006 Nate Webb, not 2022 Nate Webb. So I get it, 2022 Nate Webb knows better. 2006 Nate Webb might not have known better. Don't go back to the game move, just do something else. Yeah, I, I have written down I have run out of fucks to give with this match as we started getting, getting to the end. Like, it kind of sucked the life out of me. Yeah, Webb beat everybody finisher, get pinned by B-Boy at 17 minutes and 10 seconds. There's some good stuff in this match that needed to go 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was too long. Like that twelve-minute mark, that crowd was ready for the end. Of that match, they were hot, and then five more minutes went by. I feel like that was a problem in the in the early two thousands too. Was was pacing? Um, I feel like a lot of matches that I've seen with you, Jayhawk, that we've watched, like uh, go on entirely too long. Like no one ever says to these guys, "Hey, you don't need to do that." You know what I mean? And I, I think CZW and and. Um, some of the indies. I, I, I don't know if I agree. I, I don't know. ROH I liked. I, I think CZW especially and a lot of these uh, higher-end indies, I think they they went 
you know, three minutes after they had the crowd. Like they didn't have to do two more false finish spots off of big finishers. You know what I mean? So I think that's what this match definitely suffered from. Well, I, I would oh, go, for sure. I, well, I was following ROH a lot around this time and going to some of their shows, and ROH would run into the same problem, just stuff going too long, too many matches going too long. They That was a big problem mm-hmm. for a long time with them, too. They were, yeah, to, there was, they were able to get away with it a little bit better because their crowd wanted the 35-minute match and some stuff. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, gotta say, Pandora with her 2000s goth look is just absolute chef's kiss, by the way. Big <laughs> yes. fan. Very, very early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. It worked for me. It'll always be a soft spot in my heart for that, that, that 2000s goth look. Yeah, so one thing KKW does on the Relika is they show highlight of the match. And when I say they show highlight of the match, they may have well shown the entire goddamn match again and get four or five minutes of highlight every fucking time. Right, they they cut out they cut out just the transitions and they show all the spots right after the match ended. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even like and it's not even like it yeah, you know, new commentary talking about the replay and what the replay did. They're, it's even the game commentary. Yep. Like I just saw the match. I'm, it's on in in the cake. We're watching it on the screen curve, but it's on DVD if if you're watching it most likely. I just saw it. That was a big smart mark thing in the in the mid two thousands was having those uh, replays after the matches. Yeah, and I'm not against replay. Show one key spot in the finish. All I need. Yep. From there we go to a fatal four way match. Your ITW ITWA Tech Arcana Television Champion Larry Queenie. Again, Tala Wicked, Andy Cumner, and Jigsaw. First fall win. Cumner is the only non-Chikara talent in the match, so he's the one who's basically getting beat on for the first several minutes. And after two or three minutes, everybody doing everything. Now we got two guys in the ring where we're forking tag. Either enforce the tag the whole time or don't do it. I don't care which. I, I agree, but I can tell you this about this match. This match helped cleanse the palate a little bit for me. Larry Sweeney. Jigsaw, who I can go, I think, I don't think I'm overstepping by saying that Jigsaw and Hollow Wicked are timeless. Those two guys, you can put in any match, even now, and they would put on the same match they put on, you know, quality style uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Jigsaw is timeless. He is absolutely timeless. Yeah. I, I don't, I never want to see Jigsaw without a mask again. But Jigsaw, oh, no. is, <laughs> my, man, my man Jigsaw from, from New York, he is timeless, and Hollow Wicked is absolutely timeless. I haven't seen many Larry Sweeney matches. I've watched a lot of highlights, but I've never – I love the guy. Love him. Love he him. He has, like – that was my first note for this match, is that even just in the entrance, he has, like, so much swagger about him. The charisma, yeah, just, just awesome. And then I would say because these guys are Chikara guys, I think the pacing of this match was perfect. It really was. There, there is a kind of a neat four-way commission spot where one guy got a camel clutch, one guy got a leg lock, another guy got the abdominal stretch on. Yep. Yep. Very, very neat spot. But again, we've been now we've been in forking tag, and now we're not in forking tag. Pick one. Hollow Wicked pinned Jigsaw with a fisherman bomb in four forty-nine. You could have taken four minutes from the opener and given it to this one. I would have been okay with that. I, mean, I was just getting into this one when it ended. And then Larry Queenie makes sure to announce that he is still the Tech Arcana Television Champion, but the title cannot be defended after 9 p.m. Fuck, I, I love that. Love it. I think he also later mentioned it's because it's during Lent as well. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. I think he did when he was on commentary later, yeah. Can't be defended after 9 p.m., can't be defended during Lent. And here's the, the, and the, the, the ICW, ICWA rulebook is very strict. The best part about this title is 
Queenie Bellingham Cove, like a 14-time champion here. I think it was like 23 or 27 by the time he by the time he passed away. I don't remember ever seeing him lose the belt. The only one I remember is Chikara. I think 2005, he lost to Mono Collection, I want to say. But then won it back like three months later. Calling Joe Boto, calling Joe Boto. Okay, go so from there, we get Justin Payne against El Generico. Uh, there are rumors that El Generico has gone on to become Kimmy Game, but I happen to know he is still in Mexico helping the orphan. They're just really good friends, you yeah. know? Yeah, Kimmy Kane just really admired him a lot. You can go out the same move. That's pretty much it. I, I, El Generico in the in the early two thousands. I mean, some of the stuff that his body went through, uh, especially against Justice Payne. There were some kick spots where Justice Payne kicked him in the face and stuff. Um, a, absolutely insane. I give I give old Sammy Zane or or Generico or whatever his real name is. You know, the the this guy just delivers non-stop like he's just he's just the perfect mid-2000s ROH Chikara indie wrestler when I watch him every one of his matches are entertaining the fans are into that intro and he flies all over the place Justice Payne took some liberties with him um but oh yeah he I, did <laughs> yeah right like I was the only one who noticed that that I mean even the finish was positively insane I don't I, I don't know. Just Generico is just, he's, it, it's just a perfect example of like, you want to capture what mid 2000s independent wrestling is. You just look at El Generico matches. Also like Olay is still like one of the best wrestling entrance songs ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Like even this, the crowd got super into it and it's great. I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah, the, uh, you talk about Paige kind of throwing Generico around. They fought on the floor for way too long, in my opinion, but Payne had a belly-to-belly couplet where he can Generico over the guardrail. That was freaking Yeah. Into yeah. the folding chairs. And those were nine, Those were late 90s, early 2000s metal folding chairs. Like Those chairs didn't give an inch. They just slide. You just land on them, and instead of them folding up or anything, they just slide away from you so you know that like corners are poking you and like top parts are bending, and those chairs are just like indestructible. You just saw Generico... Flying into all of those. Even Bentley and Joey Gargiulio on commentary for this match. He can't decide if Generico is Mexican or Canadian. He flip-flopped back and forth like six times in the match. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get where he kept going with that. It was so stupid. You, you see the character of Mexican, but the real guy Canadian even getting confused. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand the fact that even though he's Mexican, he can live in like another country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just honestly kept saying, he was like, well, if he goes back to the border of Canada and I'm like, can you just stop? Just, I get it. I like, just shut up. <laughs> Go generico on a looking streak. He may not be invited back to KTW if he loses. Go of course he loses. Pain hits the pain throw through three chair, kick team in a kind of 11 second. I like the match. I think if they would have cut out some of the outside of the ring stuff and kept it mostly in the ring, with he comes in that belly to belly, the match would have been better. Justice Payne matches shouldn't go 16 minutes. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. But ironically, I think this is probably the best match he's ever had. That's probably a fair statement. After the match, Payne put, does put Generico over on the mic, and then they show, like, five minutes of highlight. They could have cut this show to two and a half hours because they cut the, come the promo out and got rid of the freaking highlight. Oh, yeah. I fast, at this point, I fast-forwarded through every highlight. I, I, the only reason I let them run is I figured it was a bathroom break at that point. From there, we go to... A three-way Pains of Glass match for the ultra-violent underground title. Nick Gage defending against DJ Hyde and Danny Havoc. 
And this match is mostly high, just fucking havoc up. Yeah, and be really some of those some of the moves he did to him were looked so unsafe, and I do not like DJ Hyde at all. I damn, I, I don't like. There's nothing I would nothing in two young two thousands Josh would ever gravitate toward DJ Hyde ever. And like, on the flip, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was no, saying, sorry. On the flip side, I love Danny Havoc so much, and. It's a very, very good contra- night and day comparison between the two, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can just tell. Like, there's just something so grossly unlikable about DJ Hyde that I'm like, whatever, man. Like, I, 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 I can't. Even at the end when he goes, like, he tries to go over on Danny Havoc and he does those, uh, those finishers on him. And I'm like, oh, you're not even like, it's, he wasn't even like protecting him. It just, it just bugged me the way DJ Hyde, like, carried himself in the whole match. In fairness to that, uh, Danny Havoc, I think don't I don't think cared if he was being protected or not. But just just fucking hit hurt me. I don't care. Yeah, I mean we watched we watched a show with him that that you and I watched together too, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. But yeah, he he his he throws his body around. But I just I just find DJ Hyde so unlikable that you know <laughs> I just I'm looking for reasons to hate him even more. Basically, as as we all should. <laughs> He's such a butz. <laughs> Gage pin Havoc with a pile driver off the middle rope through a pane of glass that's kind of on top of some chair in 841. This match was pretty much the perfect length for what it needed to be. I'm happy with that. And then after the now match... Let me, uh, let me just ask you real quick. Sorry to the both of you. You feel like if you watch this match in 06 live, seeing the glass break and everything, it would have made you more like excited than now where we're kind of desensitized to this kind of, there's been so much death match wrestling in the last two years. Do you feel like you're desensitized to seeing a match like that? I think if it was younger me, I would have went nuts. Now I'm like, yeah, all right. Um, yes and no, because there was still a lot of death match stuff in the early 2000s. If you were like paying attention, like I think if you watch like between CCW and like IWA, there was definitely enough to you could become desensitized. Yeah. Um, what worked out for CZW, though, is, like, because of the Philly Athletic Commission, they couldn't really do as much. So it kept, like, the hard, like, the big, big stuff for, like, Tournament of Death. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely helped them a lot, like, in the long run. But I think now, uh, I'm talking about, like, now as we watch these shows, am I as, what would I have probably been more excited watching it and doing a review of it 10 years ago? Probably. I think I'm a little desensitized to the point where I'm like, the novelty of seeing guys go through panes of glass is not there for me. So maybe I'm giving it a less fair evaluation seeing it, you know, now as opposed to 10, 15 years ago. I can see that. Yeah. It's hard for me to answer the question. Uh, I was a big EKW fan at the time, and EKW was kind of like the early deathmatch promotion, but they also never really, they never went this far with it. Right. You had your balcony dive. You had the flame, the flaming table. They did. That was about as far as they got with it. They weren't good at getting into playing a pink of glass. Yeah, the most stuff you saw fly around was like a guitar or like a broken VCR or something. They did have the Taipei death match with the Rotten Brother, where they had the shark and glass taped to their fifth. But I mean, for the most part, it didn't get this far. Right. Yeah. So I, I, it's hard for me to say because I wasn't following this type of record at that point. How I would have reacted to it, I honestly don't know. I mean, at that time, too, there was a lot, like... And this is kind of what the Ring of Honor season feud was, like, around. Like, there was a lot of people... I think a lot more people that just looked down on Deathmatch Wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
because I was like, I mean, that was the CCW thing, even though, like, as you see on the show, there was out of seven matches, there was one one actual death match. Go. Moving on from there, we have the EKW Iron Man Championship. Kevin Steen defending against Cooper Dragon. Kevin Steen cut the promo at the beginning. Okay, he's been to Ring of Honor. He knows what they're about. And please take me back. I'll do anything. Just take me back. Great. Love the, love the fake out. Love it. Match yeah, he's really good at that, by the way. Yeah. Dean was, is, is, he is really good at that. Yeah, and, and I don't like Super Dragon either, so... I wanted Steen to win this match, and, and I, I kind of tuned out mentally because I do not like Super Dragon. Oh, I love Super Dragon, so we'll... well... Why, though? <laughs> Tell me. I know a lot of people do, too. Why? What what does Super Dragon do? What did Super Dragon do for people? I think it was just the 2000s. He embodied that, like, wild, like, anything, like, I, anything goes, like, hybrid style, like, that those SoCal guys are doing, like, in the early 2000s. It was just... I don't know. I just have a fondness for that, like that almost like no abandon in their wrestling type of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I've seen a number of Kevin Steen and Cooper Dragon matches. This is not their best, the best one that they had against each other. It's fine. It's back and forth. There's some good stuff in it. So here's the inherent problem, though, when you're doing a when you're doing an angle with another with another company and every, and everything going from show to show. BJ Whitmer hopped the guardrail and attacked Cooper Dragon. And commentary mentioned, well, after what happened to B.J. Whitmer on the Ring of Honor show, do you blame him? I don't know what happened to B.J. Whitmer on that Ring of Honor show. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't say anything about what happened. Yeah, they didn't even mention what happened. Just something happened. I could have looked it well, up, I guess, like, but I really, did, I really didn't care enough to look it up either. But. And it's not even like they can't sell it as like a smart mark release because Ring of Honor was their own thing. Right. They can't even be like, you have to watch. Just fucking tell people what happened. Sting yeah. wins the match. He hits the package pile driver. Then actually follows that up with a 450 for the pin, 1449. Like, okay, it's a good match. It's not the best match they had against each other, but it's a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I also liked uh, Larry Sweeney on commentary. Um, quote, we call him Super D around here. <laughs> um, I think after the match, there was a little bit of a beatdown as well. Yeah, so Dean challenging for a tag team match for next month. Necro Butcher coming out, which leads to a brawl. Dean and Whitmer do the uh, Pillmanai on the uh, ankle of Necro Butcher, and that's when a bunch of KKW wrestlers come out from the locker room to make the cave. The least impressive of the CZW wrestlers. <laughs> just coming out to just bugging me, and, and guys, I, I I don't have I don't really care for except for Eddie, and, and uh, I think Eddie came out, didn't he? Yeah, because the whole blackout came out. Yeah, in the, in the uh, Puerto Rican pleather plant pants that everybody talks about, they said they still they want to know where they are in Eddie's uh, in Eddie's gear bag. Go from there. We have a kickway ladder match for the KKW Junior Heavyweight Championship. The champion Derek Frazier taking on Cheech, Cloudy, Heretic, Niall Gyun, and Kabian. And Cheech and Cloudy at this point are still tag team partners, but you would not know it watching the match. But they are going after each other. Every man for himself. Lots of lots of basketball shorts, baggy pants, pleather, bandanas, kick pads, and risky spots. That's that's what this match had. Yeah. Once, once again, as was the style at the time. Yep. Well, I, I always like to just to really hammer it home that that or mid two thousands CZW and and all those was was kick pads and t shirts and basketball shorts and lots of pleather. Yeah, but here's another one. The entrance can take ten minutes. I, I didn't need to see every entrance in full. Right, this is one of those, uh, the the entrants are already in the ring. <laughs> yeah. 
What, what Ring of Honor used to do in the early days on their VHS and their DVD is they would show the entrance long enough that you would hear the ring announcer give the ring introduction, and then they would cut to the next entrance. Mm-hmm. You cut five Unless minutes. Unless you were CM Punk. Unless you were CM Punk, yes. But, like, that, that's what this needed. Show the guy coming out, let your Steven D'Angelo say, who, yeah, yeah, hometown waiting, who it is, and move on. I mean, you mm-hmm. could have cut 15 minutes off the show doing that. They want you to buy uh, um, concessions. <laughs> they want you to stick around long enough to buy concessions at the arena. He does new Ombra, new Ombra Hall uh, muffins, yo. <laughs> oh, and if, so we're 30 seconds in the match. KB and Bocinka flip dive to the floor and will kill himself. Yeah, <laughs> right off the bat. And then, and then he immediately cuts up a ladder. So nobody can even hurt yet. It cuts him, and he's trying to climb up a ladder already. Like, come on. Also, these have to be, like, the jankiest-looking ladders I've ever seen. They're, 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 they look very uh, wobbly, <laughs> if you could say that. They, they don't look like very strong, enforced ladders. And the other thing that I noticed, and they said even in the beginning, the, the belt wasn't even hanging directly over the ring. It was, like, off to the side a little bit. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like off to one of the corners. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, so, so here's my exact note I have written down for that. The belt is not in the center of the ring and it's way too goddamn high. So Eric and Larry Queenie speculate this match could reach Gok Hackenschmidt level of time and please God no. <laughs> it didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense where they uh where they put that belt. I even I didn't even make a note of how long we were in the match, but Frazier was the first one actually got the ladder up somewhere near where the belt was hanging. And it was a good lengthy time to the match. It took a minute. Yep. The smartest worker in this entire match is Cheech. They keep going after the opponent's leg when they can't climb the ladder. He's the only person showing like any kind of ring psychology for this fucking match. And and is that surprising? Cheech is the man. No, it's not surprising at all. Yeah. The move of the entire show. Frazier did like a uh, bending unprettier, like a three kick yeah. unprettier. Yeah. That was the That's that was so the sick. best spot of the entire fucking show. That was great. You guys mentioned the janky ladder. Well, yeah, they were. They actually started breaking, and then yeah, they were climbing some up. Spot where it, where it bent. Do you remember that? Where yeah. he, I, I think it was. It was was a Cheech falling off, and the ladder, the big tall one they're supposed to get the belt with, just bent. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is that all these ladders are just like wildly different sizes. Yeah, 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 and different like strengths, as you could tell. Some of them, you could, the, these guys could pull off moves on, and others they were just like holding on for dear life. It doesn't seem like if you're going to skimp on stuff, I feel like ladder should probably not be the thing you do that on. <laughs> Put a little bit, a little little extra from the budget into the ladders. You know, like maybe you don't have to be top of the line, but like a couple steps up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but even even worse than the, than the league ladder bending and breaking, they're climbing up the bent ladder. Like, the bat, like, the, like, they've got the referee holding the ladder to keep it dirty, and it's not staying dirty. They're that broken, and they're climbing up them anyway. Yeah. There was a spot where Yun actually handcuffed Gabe into the ring post, and nobody on commentary caught it. Fuck, I didn't even catch it. Goddamn good. <laughs> no, I didn't either, now that you're saying it. Yeah, that, it, it, it actually ended up leading to Yun getting the win for, and winning the title in 15-12. Yeah, he handcuffed him right to the ring post, and, and I get... That seems like... Like, like, and, and, and I will give KKW the benefit of the doubt. I'll give commentary the benefit of the doubt. Uh, independent show, they don't have monitors looking at the show live and, and showing you what the crowd has seen. You've got to go by what you're watching actually in the ring rather than on a monitor. So I, I will give them benefit of the doubt. They didn't see it. 
They weren't looking for it, but they're looking in the ring. But that's yeah, a pretty important of... spot in the match to miss, too. Yeah, because kind of, the whole thing just came across as very anticlimactic. Like, Niles Young just kind of climbs up and gets the belt. Yep. And then gets the shit kicked out of him after the match. Oh, that was, yeah. And, and, and yeah, the, the ending was almost like they were like, well, you're going to win really anticlimactically, but we're going to just have a giant brawl to end it, even though everybody's completely spent from being thrown off of ladders for 20 minutes. Yeah, it was mostly Frazier and Cabian just doing some stuff to Young after the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a couple of uh, brutal chair shots there from Sabian. Oh, boy. Okay, we then go to our main event. Generation Next, consisting of Roderick Strong, Austin Eric, and Matt Skydell, taking on Eddie Kingston, Ruckus, and we would find out it would be Necro Butcher, although he does not come out right away because he found the ankle injury. And we get, we get like, 10 minutes of promo from each side before this match starts. So much talking on the show. It's like an episode of Monday Night Raw. Everybody gets a mic, and the mic didn't work as Roddy tried to talk on the mic, and he's messing around with it. And Yeah. You get a mic, and you get a mic, you get a mic. Everybody gets a mic. Thank you, Oprah. Fuck. <laughs> and so yeah. much and so much more homophobia. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. 2000 kick, everybody. Okay. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what everybody's thinking. Austin Aerie, great worker, shitty human being. Throw that out there. Right. Yeah. So here, so here's the Kapoka grudge match. It's a feud we're going to be building for like the next f- four or five months. They start with chain wrestling and the indie standoff. Fucking hell. The one match I needed well, to look like a fight right from the beginning, they start, they start off with a wrestling match. I, 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 I have to ask you, I didn't even realize that Seidel has been around for that long. Like, he and he doesn't age. He looks exactly he, the same. He's, he's like such a twink here. By the way, like I think he looks exactly the same, like exactly the same as he does now. So maybe he has longer hair now. I, I mean, the guy the that is, helps helps him look a little more mature, right? Yeah, Matt Skydell started wrestling in in two thousand. He's actually thirty eight years old right now. He's still not even forty. Wow, wow! I had no idea. I mean, Roddy, you can tell throughout the years he was a little bit heavier. You know, he was less muscular than he was too bulky. Now he's, you know, he's, he's he obviously he's pared himself down. He's a little, he's a lot leaner. Um, and, and Austin Aries, he looks exactly the same too, to be honest. I know he's a, he's an idiot, but he looks exactly the same. Okay. So Necro eventually limped to the ring. Then it turned into the brawl that it probably should have been from the beginning. They actually go with double heat here. Eddie gets beat up for a while. Eddie make a hot tag to Ruckus and then Ruckus gets beat up for a while before they finally break, make the hot tag to Necro. And then all hell breaks loose at that point. Finish comes when Kaidel pinned Eddie with the shooting star press in 2032. Go Ring of Honor with the first shot in the war on a Kinky W show. Then Team Ring of Honor gets a few more shots in before the locker room runs out for the cave. Lobo and Gandig come out, promise to win the war. Ha 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 ha. Then we get our five minute of highlight and then the cloaking credit finally after three and a half hour. I, I like the main event, probably my favorite match of the show. Or no one wanted to help Eddie Kingston up. Yeah, what was that all about? Why was everybody not wanting to help Eddie get up? It's more or less, from what I remember, it was like the CCW originals not looking as Eddie as like one of them was basically the through line of that. But then it didn't matter because then he just joined up with them for one month and then went back to Black Eyes. This was a weird time for CCW. I feel like we say that a lot. I've sat through a lot of CCW with Jayhawk, and I feel like it, it's always a weird time, time for them. <laughs> So it's coming off, I think 2005 was probably one of their best years, at least, like, creatively. Mm-hmm. And then it was just kind of, like, they had this thing that just, like, fell into their lap with this whole Ring of Honor feud. 
And after this show, it all just falls apart. What was next? What happened after this that fell apart? Um, so I was actually at the show after this. Um, I think it was called Any Questions. And they were advertising a big rematch between Blackout and three Ring of Honor wrestlers that they were going to call out. But I guess when CZW was booking this, they never really figured out who was available. And as we were getting closer to the show and you realizing all these wrestlers were booked at other places, uh, they did the bait and switch. Yeah, because the main event of that show wound up being Blackout against Christopher Bishop, Justin Payne, Lionel Knight, and Nick Gage. Because there's not a Ring of Honor guy on that fucking match. No, the only Ring of Honor guys was Chris Hero wrestled three students. I believe it was Shane Hagedorn, uh, Rhett Titus, I believe Pele Primo. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like Matt Turner and not Rhett Titus. Matt, okay. Two out of three, I'll take it. And then we did it. And then you did have the uh, Necro Butcher, Cooper Dragon against Whitmer and Dana got got up on this show. They did. Oh, that, that match! That match! That match saved the show <laughs> by far. Yeah, cause I, that yeah that does look like an absolute mech. Looking at that, now, I I will say though I know it's not on IWTV. So I'm kind of overstepping the bounds of the podcast here. But if you can find the Ring of Honor Death Before the Honor Four card from July 15th of this year, which had the Cage of Death match blow off between Ring of Honor and Kinky W, that match is fucking great. Oh, it's the best. Like I said, and that could probably looking back, a lot of the stuff was definitely carried through on the Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, I th- Ring of Honor did a much better job with this than EW did at, at a whole, I think. That's why I'll, that's why I'll give old Gabe a little bit of credit, because there's obviously proof that, yeah, this still can be fucked up, and he didn't fuck it up when CZW clearly did. Standing should never be allowed a microphone. He is awful. Awful on the mic. I love it. It's so bad. It's, it's really bad. Like... He tries, you can tell like he's resetting his thoughts in his head because he goes back to these like wrestling tropes like over and over again. And you're just like, all right, all right. right, Okay, buddy. Like, you know, you don't have, don't, sometimes you don't have to say anything. You could just kind of end it there. You know, you don't have to give me end of the day and, you know, all those type of, of wrestling cliches while your brain resets. (laughs) <laughs> well, that was like the big problem with the before the show. It's a yeah. deadly double header, right? <laughs> and he said it. Yes, yeah, that was that's one of the that's what that's that was like right away. I was like, oh, fucking take the mic away from this guy. <laughs> I, my my favorite part about that cage of death blow off though, and yeah, Kamoa Joe turns on Ring of Honor walk and walk out, and they have to bring. I think Comic Guy wind up coming out to replace him later on, and Kiki W fans in the crowd start chanting, "Kick on five, kick on five. And the Ring of Honor fans start chanting, you can't count, you can't count, and respond. Oh, good times. <laughs> they had to, that show, they had each had Bleacher specifically for CZW fans yeah. and for Ring of Honor fans. And that crowd woke about a 50-50 split, too. Like, that was probably the most split crowd out of any of the shows they had. I mean, I will say this, and I wasn't a fan of either, like, as that kind of hardcore, but the, hard, the diehards for CZW and ROH in those days it was very, very tribal and impressive. You know, like those were some fun, some fun, rabid fan bases at that time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people just hated one and the other. And, you know, that was a little bit more organic than like the nonsense we see today between WWE and AEW. Like the CZW ROH rivalries were, you know, rabid anger you know, real life like tension as opposed to now it's just a bunch of people blathering on about what regular television show they like. So 
the message board wars were very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were scary. Well, what a time to be alive. Uh, fun <laughs> fact. Uh, young Marcy might have made a highlight video for this show that might still be on YouTube. Fun fact. I've seen it. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> All right, you know, I won't say it's my magnum opus, but you know, I think for the time it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty hardcore. It's good. Yeah, my big claim to fame on any of these shows from the era, the Ring of Honor show, where Brian Daniel and Hamakai are fighting in the parking lot after a show, and Brian Daniel and Hamakai right into me, like I just barely moved out of the way. Because you can kind of see me, you really, you can't see my face, you can see my body moving. <laughs> you can see your movements. Yeah. All right, go overall, where are we going with this show here? Thumb up, thumb down, or thumb in the middle? I, as much as there's all this bad shit on it, I still had a lot of fun watching it. Um, but I think all the problematic stuff definitely brings it down. So I'm going to go in the middle with this one. I, I agree with Marcy. I'm going in the middle. Um, I There are just way too many people on this show that I did not like and that I, I never liked. And, uh, uh, you know, nothing really saved it for me as far as giving it a thumbs up, but nothing made it a thumbs totally down. It's just, eh, for me, this type of Ring of Honor, I mean, a CZW show was it, it fine, you know, so. That's going to end up being unanimous. I, there's stuff on here that I enjoyed, and most of my big issues are, did we need to see every single promo that was taped before the show? Did we have to have 20 minutes of highlight of stuff we already saw? Did we have to see 10 minutes of entrance in three different matches? The fact that this uh, show, the fact that this was a two hour and fifteen minute show that got stretched to three and a half, I think, is what really killed it more, for me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, thumbs down on Eric Gargiulo, though. He wasn't bad in Ring of Honor either, because that was making he was bad if he wasn't here. He was all right in Ring of Honor. Of course, he was working with Gabe most of the time. That's probably part of it. But <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you have no direction, so you have to fend for yourself. <laughs> All right, with that, uh, Marky, do you have anything you need to plug this week? Uh, yes, I have lots of things, actually. You can find me, as always, on Twitter, at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. Uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. Kind of a little break. I think I'm going to be starting back up this week, uh, wrapping up fishing some more Resident Evil stuff before Elden Ring comes out next week. Uh, as always, X-Over is on... Um, the Resident Evil episode still going. We just recorded a episode uh, with the boys from Board to Life. Uh, it was a really fun episode, kind of just catching up on my weekend a little bit from the AIW show. As well as I made an appearance on Board to Life talking about episode three of Mad Bull 34. Uh, it was a good, good old time. And other than that, uh, hey, it's my birthday this week. If you have Venmo, send me some money. E-Girl Femboy, boy spelled B-O-I. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> okay, with me, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Probably won't be on there much until WWE 2K22 drops, in which case I will probably be like really angry that I spent money on a WWE game. It's looking a little rough. That, yeah, they've added enough stuff that I want to try that I, I it, that at least it'll be worth the experimentation, but it's... Yeah, I'm I'm not liking everything I'm seeing so far. It's gonna be gonna be an interesting experiment when that comes out. Uh, you can actually find me this week. I will be working for Real Action Pro Wrestling at the Highland Center in Struthers, Ohio. That is Saturday, I believe it's six fifteen bell time for that particular show. Go come check me out there. And I know Butters and I are going to be on an episode of Ad Hoc with Wrestling in the near future. Here, I'm not sure what week yet. We're still trying to work out like what week's gonna work best for everybody. 
But that'll be coming up here within the next few weeks, most likely. Jay Gold, take us home. So you can find me at jgold12 uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and uh, tomorrow you can find me in my living room working. Um, and this, these are the notes, as always, from the home office. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, the the uh, collab between our friend JCP Designs and Derek Dillinger. Um, so check out that shirt. Uh, it's awesome. Um, the home office collects all the money on that. Um, our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, super fantastic podcast. If you catch my grift where Dalton gives us all COVID, at odds with wrestling, X over, and the card is going to change. Our other friends, JDP Designs, the official graphic designer of IWTV Guide, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks brand, set tab photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and our friend Joey over at Kayfabe Collectibles. Uh, that is it for me today. This was fun. Marcy, I'm glad you picked this episode, by the way. It was fun. It was like you said, it was, there's some problematic stuff, but it was still fun to go back and watch this. Abs- absolutely. All right, with that, thank you again for listening to IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. We will see you next week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Six months,